Fitty strikes from beyond, man. Doesn't matter if Shroppy's behind the ones and twos. We're going to hear Billy Joel on a Friday at 2 that o'clock. That we will. That we will. Unless, I do remember he got mad at us one time for telling Shroppy to play something different for whatever reason. And we heard about it. Anytime that we have Shroppy on, Fitty says, the show goes to hell. We should see how many things we could do to make him walk in here. Ah, yeah, that's true. Because he's here. So, yeah, he'll come in here if he feels like he needs to make his presence felt. Or if he just feels a little insecure and wants us to know he's still here. That's true. Um, I would say we should just skip the top ten player rankings again, but we probably should. Oh, we we have games to pick, too. We got games to pick, and we got to get to that, man. That, those are staples. Of yeah, Western I know. Walker football. We did skip the staples. I do want to read, because we got a lot of texts when we asked, the most random athlete shout outs in hip hop history. Lots of people had some mentions text line lit up. So if we go to one that was mentioned a lot was, um, Jay Z referencing Josh Norman in the DJ Khaled. I got the key song. Yeah. But at that time, Josh Norman was, you don't think it counts almost at the top of the sport, not random. He wasn't <laughs> random at that time. He was hot as fish grease when he got that name. Dropped. <laughs> Eric Collins making a reference. <laughs> he did. All he right, was super Eric. hot when he got that reference. He was, but man, it is okay. Cause he had signed that big deal. Like at that time he was a big deal. That's a good point because a lot of people brought it in. I guess if you look at it overall, a one-time pro bowler, a one-time all pro guy, maybe it's not ran. Maybe it's random overall for his career. But at the time, I think you're right about that. I, I agree with you. So yeah. no more Josh Norman references. I'm sorry for saying that it counts to everybody that I did because we got a lot <laughs> of them. Alex and Steel, uh, Steel Creek said, how about Fife Dog mentioning Scott Skiles in a rap one time? I think Skiles works. Mo Bamba having a stadium song that's never going to die. That might be in college sports. That might be the one because yeah. Mo Bamba, completely random athlete, to have a whole song that got as popular as it did. That is the one as far as the random athlete that reached the popularity that it did. Yes. And it's the title of a song. It's not even just a mention. Mm-hmm. It's the title. Mo Bamba might be winning. I do like 980 referencing Jada Kiss. Put your hands up. I'm going to get bucks like Milwaukee because I'm Sam Cassell. Like I'm Sam. Uh, because like Sam, I Cassell. I apologize. Oh. I butchered we that. We got Jada. there eventually. <laughs> I butchered that. Let's redo it. I'm going to get bucks like Milwaukee because like Sam, I Cassell. Jada Kiss, man. He's one of the best. Uh, 336 said, heard Brian Scalabrini mentioned in a rap bar one yeah, time. Yeah, he gets, he, gets, he gets mentioned and stuff. It's so uh, not anything you would expect, I mm-hmm. think. That's why he does. And then Fundy from Charlotte. We got multiple action Bron- Bronson references here. Mm-hmm. Fundy from Charlotte said, foreign shooters like Turkaloo. That's mm-hmm. nice. That mm-hmm. qualifies. Mm-hmm. It the does. Marty Jannetty does not. Marty Jannetty is a wrestling legend. Okay, so that that does not count as random. He was part of the Rockers. So I feel like if we, yeah, the, I feel like any wrestler that is brought up is a is a legend. How many mediocre random wrestlers are there? Uh, are they just oh, all legends? Okay, you I go just by, you go by the card too, man. When you watch the show, the people that are in the middle of the show, like they're normal, normally kind of the. You know, kind of stars, mm-hmm. but the people that start the show and end the show, those are the big dogs. We're speaking of Roman Reigns is back tonight for my wrestling heads. It's okay. going to be smoking the city because he's going to be uh, PO'd about everything that's been going on. So exciting SmackDown tonight. Um, King McQueen wrote in how they appreciate the uh, West Side Gun references. Of course, we got you covered on that. 
King McQueen also wrote in, J. Cole said, you lame, you Shane Battier. <laughs> yeah, brother, you lame, you Shane Battier. That's I, one of my, that's the J. Cole, that's the blow up joint. I believe that comes from blow up. If you want the ACC legend references, <laughs> then J. Cole is your guy. Because remember, he also had Dennis Smith Jr. in a song. Yes. And that was the and popular that one. It does count. Yeah. 100% Dennis mm-hmm. Smith Jr. counts. So that's why I think, man. How weird is it that J. Cole becomes a minority owner with the Charlotte Hornets, and mm-hmm. that's the time they move on from DSJ, a friend of J. Cole? Doesn't make any sense. We wanted DSJ back, man. Yeah. We wanted him to be here in the— Well, you uh, wanted him back. I did. Did you not want him back? He can't shoot. I mean, but he can— I like shooters, man. Man, you just want—you want a bunch of Brian Scalabrini's out here. There. I mean, you play defense. That's great. It's a very it important, sound great. important it part for basketball. No question about it. But when you can't shoot, that negates everything else you can do. How many Brian Scalabrini's would you have on your team? None. <laughs> well, wait, but he can shoot, though. Oh, wait. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would—you got to have shooters, man. This is the new age of the NBA. All right. I just didn't My know. My team would be full of them. Uh, Chris from Greenville said <laughs> Gucci Mane mentioned Antonio Daniels. Okay, that he, definitely qualifies. Well, the thing, I when we think about Antonio Daniels, it's him getting crossed up, right? It was the AI crossover. It's mm-hmm. not Ty Lu level, but it's the second biggest victim of an AI crossover that we've ever seen. Yeah. So, sorry to Antonio Daniels. Yeah, we can continue to roll on this 704-570-9610 again. 704-570-9610 a little bit later on in the show. Let's get to deal or no deal because Brian Barnwell – or um. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Brian Barnwell put out a deal or no deal article on ESPN giving you 15 trades out there. Okay. Yeah. We're rolling with the deal or no deal sound. I didn't, I forgot to ask for it. Thank you. Howie Mandel in the background. (laughs) So as we go to this, we're going to bring a couple of trades to the table. And if you're the Carolina Panthers, if you're Scott Fitterer, if you're David Tepper, then you decide if it's worth it to uh, actually pull the trigger on any of these deals or not. So here we are with one of the Panthers mentioned in this deal. And this one is for Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown out of Arizona. So if you traded a second round pick and Terrace Marshall for Marquise Brown and a third round pick, would you do that? Again, just to be clear, The Panthers would receive Marquise Brown and a third-round pick. The Cardinals would receive TMJ and a second-round pick. Deal or no deal, Wes, if you're Scott Fitterer and the Carolina Panthers? Oh, man, that is a tough one. I say deal Okay. because Hollywood has not been playing with consistent uh, quarterbacking over the last couple of seasons. Uh, but he does have a 91-catch, 1,000-yard season in his arsenal. But we know that Arizona's quarterback play has been unstable. He would meet the speed merchant qualities that they need. And he's a pretty quality receiver, man. He, he's fairly dependable. He's had some decent games this year. He had 96 yards on my 49ers, 61 yards, and a touchdown in their game on Sunday. So I think that would be a trade that could help because this is a guy that's going to get you some separation, and he's also a guy that can take the top off the defense. And I feel like you can count on him. He's a dependable deep threat. Yeah, Marquise Brown was always one I thought was underrated.
overrated with Baltimore, but still, if that's the best receiver Lamar Jackson was working with, then it wasn't enough of a number one wide receiver mm-hmm. for us to give Lamar Jackson. Hey, you know, he's got Marquise Brown. We used to use that as an insult to that passing game. We used to use that as an excuse for why Lamar Jackson wasn't throwing for a lot of yards. It was Mark Andrews, clearly one of the best tight ends in the game. But then it was like, yeah, but their best receiver is Hollywood. Now, he has been better in Arizona. You're losing a pick. You're losing one round worth of pick here. You have the same total. But if the Carolina Panthers are going to be as bad as we all expect them to be, then what? You're talking about a 30-spot difference here? I don't think I'd do it. I like Marquise Brown fine enough. It's tough for me, but I don't think I'd do it just because I don't know if Marquise is the upgrade, the a big enough upgrade for me to sacrifice 30 spots in this upcoming NFL draft. And if you want to get a wide receiver, you're talking about, I guess, what the difference between the 30 or the 33rd pick to the 63rd pick or whatever. I think that's enough of a fall for me to where I'm just cool not having Marquise Brown and still having Terrace Marshall Jr. on the roster. I'm going to say no deal if I'm uh, Scott Fitt. Well, the last thing I'll say is this. When you talk about the fact that the Panthers probably will draft a wide receiver in the second round, you've already yep. drafted a big receiver with some size and Mingo. I think you want to look for those small speed merchants that could be matchup problems for teams. I think Marquise Brown fits that. When you look at him analytically, his grades have been in the green pretty much every year. They're not sterling grades, but he's been in the green every single year. And so I think that you would be hard-pressed to find a receiver at the top of the second round if it's the size and skill dimensions that you would need to be that matchup problem better than a guy in Marquise Brown that we've already seen what he can do in this league. If he would have had Kyler Murray playing healthy football the last couple of seasons, I think the numbers would have been much improved. All right, so All right. you are going with the deal. You're welcoming Marquise Brown. I am Hollywood. not. Let's go to one that uh, Brian Barnwell decided. Am I saying his name correctly? It's Bill Barnwell. Man, I don't know why I put Brian on there. I apologize. They're both bees. All right, let's go to the other one here because this one is actually a, a proposed trade between the Lions and the Vikings. But I thought the Carolina Panthers would also uh, be a good example. Okay. So in this one, Bill Barnwell talks about the Lions getting Daniil Hunter and a 2024 fifth-round pick in exchange for a 2024 second-round pick, James Houston, the edge rusher in Detroit who's hurt right now, and a 2025 third. But I thought we could just put in Brian Burns in this situation. Okay. So this is what I'm going to sell to you, Scott Fitterer, All right. a.k.a. Wes Bryant. <laughs> the Panthers get, or excuse me, the Panthers get, yes, a 2024 second-round pick, edge James Houston, and a 2025 third. So if you want it a little bit simpler, you get a second, a third, and you get James Houston. And you have to give up Brian Burns and a 2024 fifth-round pick. Okay? So just to be clear again, the Panthers receive a second pick this upcoming draft, a 2025 third-round pick, and you get James Houston. And the Lions, or I should say the Vikings in this, uh, excuse me, the Lions in this scenario would get Brian Burns, and a 2024 fifth-round pick. Deal or no deal, giving up your star edge rusher finally? No deal. That's not enough. I need a one. Like you said, you have to get um, a first-round pick for Brian Burns in return. James Houston is yet to uh, record a sack this season. and He's I mean, hurt. He, he did fracture player. his right ankle in week two. He did. he did. He did. But before that, you know, you didn't see a sack registered in the games that he played. And 
Uh, I just I'm going to need a little bit more for a guy that I would consider a franchise cornerstone at this point. Yeah, I want the first two. I want the first round pick. And if the Lions are going to go all in, especially after they already selected a couple of rookies that are helping them right now. You have Brian Branch, one of the better rookies in the league. You have Sam Laporta. When Jameer Gibbs plays, he looks very good. And you also brought in Campbell, the linebacker out of Iowa. They had a lot of first-round picks. Are you willing to give up one of them to go all in, put an edge rusher opposite of Aiden Hutchinson, which would be, I I would have to imagine, it's the best edge rushing duo in the league. Whoever, If you pair Daniil Hunter or Brian Burns with them. So I I hear why the Lions would want to do this, but I'm with you. If I'm giving up Brian Burns a position of that value, of that skill level, then I want a first-round pick. And in the NFC. In the NFC, 100%. So I don't think I'm doing it either. It would be enticing to get a second-round pick, a third-round pick, and James Houston, who I like. He did record eight sacks his rookie season. Mm -hmm. He is hurt. That's the reason why I think the Lions, who are wanting to win the Super Bowl now, are willing to give up on a talent to possibly go get somebody better and that is available currently. But I do need a first-round pick as well. Totally with you. That's why I'm saying no deal. So you agree to one and then disagree with one. I'm saying no deal if I'm Scott Fitterer because I need a first in the Brian Burns scenario and I need, I want to hang on to my draft compensation in the Marquise Brown situation. That'll do it for Deal or No Deal. Thanks to Howie Mandel running (laughs) the sound over there behind the board. We will move on and we will get to the Panthers, Dolphins top 10 players list, always leading to passionate debate. And then we get to the Shrop Props, a segment that we debuted last week at Charlotte Motor Speedway. It's all coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We got all of the reminders. We don't need Fitty this week to be reminded about our top 10 players <laughs> of the matchup. The Panthers, the Miami Dolphins. I think we said it off air yesterday, Wes, but when in preparation for this list, I think you said I might have three Carolina Panthers on this list. Yeah. There's a lot of talent on Miami's defense, offense, doesn't really matter. Maybe even special teams if you want to go to the other part of that football team. There's a lot. And that's why not a lot of people are very high on the Panthers' chances of winning. We just had Kevin Todd of VegasMistake.com say, yeah, they're about to get beat down. That's how it's going to (laughs) be. And so hopefully we can try to manufacture some confidence going into this matchup. We talked about it a little bit. But now it's time to get to the top 10 players of this game. We are also going to go from 10 to 1. We remembered this time. By we, I mean me. I remembered this time. You want me to start off? You can. Okay. You usually start off, so I'll start off first this time. Um, I so badly want to put Taylor Moten here. <laughs> Just to be a troll. I want to do it. I know you do. But I'm not going to. I'm going to save everybody from the Taylor Moten. He had a, Even if he hasn't given up a sack, actually has the longest streak of every NFL tackle to not give up a sack so far this year. Impressive. So I, yeah, because I, I don't think PFF credited him with giving up that sack on Hutchinson because it took him five seconds, so I think they counted it as a They did sack. not. They did not. And so Aiden Hutchinson, though, I mean, Moten didn't get a good grade, though. <laughs> like, because <laughs> Hutchinson was in the backfield, Hutchinson was doing – especially, like, there was that sequence – 
where Hutchinson was just spin move, spin move like Dwight Freeney constantly, and Moten struggled. Anyway, sorry, Moten. Maybe you'll get back in there next week. Here's my 10 through 8, okay? All right. I'm going to give love to a running back. Okay. How about Raheem Mostert? Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, Number 10? All right. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm tiptoeing in the water to see if Wes <laughs> yells at me. Raheem Mostert comes in at number 10. I have Frankie Luvo at number 9. And I have Javon Holland, the safety, coming in at number 8. Highest graded player according to Pro Football Focus this year. I don't think he has you know, the last two games weren't as highly graded. Still small sample size, but very much so playing very good football. So... Raheem Mostert, number 10, Frankie Louvu, number 9, Javon Holland, the safety for Miami coming in at number 8. That's my first three. What you got, Wes? All right, so for my first three, I started out at number 10 with Deshaun Elliott, uh, the safety from the Miami Dolphins. Okay, you got a different safety in there. 13th rated safety right now in uh, all of football, and uh, he is the fourth leading tackler on the Miami Dolphins with 28 stops so far in the season three Passes defense. Then I go with Raheem Mostert uh, at nine, right there for you. And then at Pretty number, close. and then at number eight, got to go with Adam Thielen uh, coming into this game, playing really good football. Thirty-eight catches, three hundred ninety-four yards, got a few touchdowns on the season, averaging a healthy ten yards per catch. I don't have Adam Thielen in my top ten, but he was considered. He was considered. Look, Get him, Panther Nation. Oh, that's fine. I'm, for the Lou Keekley one, I do not want the Lou Keekley hate. Uh-huh. But with the Adam Thielen one, I thought about him putting over like Mostert. Because the thing about Mostert, just real quickly, sidebar, every running back they have on the roster is graded at like a 90. Because the the scheme they have, everybody's mm-hmm. so scared to death of covering Jalen Waddle and Tyreek on the outside because Tua has been so dangerous. Chris Brooks, Devon Achan is number one. Raheem Mostert's number four. Chris Brooks is up there in the very limited time that he's been on this, uh, very limited snaps that he's already received. Everybody's so scared of what's on the outside. They have a lot of room, but they're still good. And Raheem Mostert was good in San Francisco. He's just injured a lot. And so I don't know if you put that in. So that one was tough. I'd, it's not like I took joy in leaving Adam Thielen out. I mean, uh, my dog is averaging 78 yards a game, and he's 11th in the uh, NFL and receiving yards, but okay. You know, yep. he's on pace for a thousand, right? I mean, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you've heard no, no, that. No, no, no. He's on pace for almost fourteen hundred. Yep. Mm-hmm. Outside the top ten, we move on. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. Yeah. Th- speaking of injuries, this is another one that I had a hard time with too. All right. Teron Armstead is a very good left tackle in this mm-hmm. league, and he's been a very good left tackle for a very long time. We know about that in the NFC South. He was hurt at the beginning of the season. If you look at the stats of how how this offense can run without him and with him. I believe he's playing in this game. I think he's he's playing uh, right now. I'm, he, I'm looking that up as we speak. But he was injured at the beginning of the season. So Armstead is a guy for me. I just, if longevity, he's going to be number seven. And then these are where my Carolina Panthers come in. Brian Burns at six. Derek Brown at five. That's what I have right now. So the bottom half of the top ten, Raheem Mostert, ten. Frankie Luvu, nine. Javon Holland, eight. Taron Armstead, seven. Brian Burns, six. Derek Brown, number five. That's the bottom half of my top ten. What you okay. got, Wes? I'm trying to find if Armstead was playing or not, uh, but I'm not sure if he is because I know on the lineups, uh, they don't have him listed in the five, but we'll just go with the fact of if he will. We'll just go on the assumption that he will play. Okay. All right, so number seven, uh, I put Derek Brown and Brian Burns at seven and six. Uh, off of the strength. Okay. 
We're not um, far off those. Yeah. yeah, haven't been, you know, like I said, thoroughly impressed with the way they've been playing lately, but I, I gave it to them off the strength. And then um, after that, we went, what do we go, 7-6-5? Yep, going with the right. bottom half. So 7-6-5, uh, my fifth guy is Jalen Waddle. Uh, we know what he represents. He's just come back into the mix uh, for the Dolphins, but we know that uh, he had his first touchdown two weeks ago, and he's averaging 14 yards a catch. Yeah, he's and sick. This is a guy that's one of the best young receivers uh, in all of football. And in that last matchup, he did have five catches, only 35 yards, but a touchdown um, against the Giants. I, I think Jalen Waddle. It. I think we saw last year too. We know what it is with Jalen Waddle. The guy's very skilled. I have him at number four. If I just want to continue on here, yeah, he's been I, beat up a little bit. Yep. So we're not far off here so far. I think the Waddle value comes with when we were talking about Jonathan Taylor trade conversation, and apparently there was this uh, asking price of Jalen Waddle, and everybody in the league laughed at the Colts. You're not trading Jalen Waddle for Jonathan Taylor, even straight up. That's not happening. So I have Waddle at number four. I have another defensive tackle in here, Christian Wilkins. Yes. Got paid, got him at number three. He's been playing very well, not only this season, but the last three, he has established himself as one of the better defensive tackles, playing against the run better as his career has developed, also good at getting in the backfield, pressuring those QBs. So Christian Wilkins comes in at number three. I'll save number one for last. I think everybody's going to know after I give up who number two is. But I got your quarterback. Tua, <laughs> T-W-O-A is how I'm going to spell it. Tua, baby, number two on my top ten list. He's been I very good. Did He's been very good. Even last year, a lot of it could be put on the system since Mike McDaniel came in. That's when he's been balling. But I think even, even with him having Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, it is the best supporting cast you could probably have. The offensive line, Connor Williams, is actually playing good football, too. You can make a case that he deserves to be in the top 10, the way he's been playing at center. Teron Armstead, when he's healthy, very good left tackle. But Tua is doing exactly what you want him to. A little turnover heavy, but doing, for the most part, what you want him to do this year. That's why I have the quarterback for the Dolphins at number two. All right. So, for me, I have Christian Wilkins at four. Uh, and then I have Javon Holland, who is currently the number one rated safety That's our biggest in difference. all of football uh, in there at number three. Now, this guy, he's got 43 tackles. He leads Miami, but also two tackles for loss, three pass breakups, and he's got three forced fumbles. So he's definitely a guy that's getting in there, uh, causing some turnovers, causing some ruckus in there. And then at number two, as do you, I have the NFL's leading passer as far as yardage is concerned, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, uh, in there at number two. Mark it down. October 13th, 2023. <laughs> Walk and I agreed on a quarterback. The same exact ranking for an opposing quarterback. Yes. Tua comes in at number two. At Tua. Uh, amazing. <laughs> I don't think it'll ever happen again. So mark it down, ladies and gentlemen, October 13th, 2023. That leaves the easy answer at number one for me. For the second week in a row, you might play the number one and number two wide receivers in the NFL if you're the Panthers in back-to-back, -back, or excuse me, in two out of the three weeks. You have Justin Jefferson a couple weeks ago. Tyreek Hill comes in at number one on my list. I, Tyreek is going to go. He's a Hall of Famer. What he did with Kansas City, special. What he's doing with Miami, special. Tyreek Hill, number one on my list. Yeah, no question. Same for me, too. Averaging 130 yards per game. 
Uh, I think he's the most dangerous player in football. He's a guy that certainly dictates coverage. He dictates game plans on a week-to-week basis. You are terrified uh, of this young man when he is out there on the football field, not only just tremendous speed, but a complete receiver. He'll give you the yak. He'll give you beating you on a route. Doesn't matter how you want it. And he's strong. Tyreek, the cheetah is going to bring it. I think what's different about him and other speedsters uh, that are that are his height, like because you have Calvin Johnson who runs a four three out here. You have Randy Mosses of the world, but but Tyreek Hill is that short, and he looks like somewhat of a gadget player, Big, yeah. but he's not. Yeah. I mean, he's crazy strong. He does have great hands. It's not like it's a go or the football like Tavon esque, mm-hmm. Tavon Austin esque, right? Yes. He's not that. He's so well-rounded, and yeah, Tyreek Hill, I totally agree with you, the most dangerous player in the league. So why um, no love for Javon Holland? He's at number eight on my list. So for me, the reason I didn't put him in the top five, top yeah. three as you did, if you look at the last two games, mm-hmm. it's still a small sample size. Yeah. Last year on twelve on 1,100 total snaps, he was not the number one safety in the league. If you look at this year so far, he's played 890, which is... A lot of snaps, to be honest with you. Oh, no, excuse me, 328. I was looking at 2021. If you're looking at 2023, 300 snaps has been playing very well. That's why Mm -hmm. I thought he deserved a spot. I just need something more, especially in the last two games. It looks like his play's fallen off a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that I think he's a bad player. Just I'm not going to have him top three ahead of a Christian Wilkins or a Jalen Waddell or even Derek Brown and Brian Burns, who I think are still very good. Are you not entertained? There you go. I think the people may not be entertained because we didn't battle about the quarterbacks this time, but it's coming though. Too civil. Too civil. All right, let's go to the Shrop props here. What you got for us here? Shroppy as you bring us the proppies. Aaron Shropshire with his kicks. All righty, guys. (laughs) So we have... Some player props here for the Panthers and Dolphins game. We're going to start off with Adam Thielen. Five and a half receptions. You go first on this one, Wes. I went first on the top ten. I'm going to make you sweat on the first one this time. Over. I mean, he's been doing his thing. He'll certainly be uh, the apple of the Dolphins' eye when they're on defense. Um, But neither one of their corners is playing great football. Adam Thielen, short to intermediate route guide. Definitely goes over in my book. I'm going to go over as well, especially if we go with game script against Detroit. That's the reason I took the over on a lot of those props that we had last week. I expect the same thing. If you're going to keep up with Miami's offense, Bryce Young, if you're looking to simplify things, I don't necessarily think that means they're going to run the football a ton more than throw it. It just means that we're not going to give them two plays and then snap the ball when there's two seconds left on the play clock, maybe even one where we have to call a timeout. I do think that they're going to be throwing the football still a decent amount. Give me the over on the guy that is clearly the number one wide receiver on this team. All right, going on to number two, we have Brian Burns, 0.25 sacks. 0.25, huh? Yep. Yeah, all I need is – I'll take that. I, that. That's betting on talent, right, Wes? Yes. I mean, if you're talking about can you register a half sack, can you get there along somebody else, or can you just beat your man one time in this game – It's a little deceiving calling it a pass-happy offense. They're just really good when they do pass the ball, but they're actually not in the top 10 of attempts per game this year, and they do get the football out of their hands as quick as any other passing offense in the league. With all that being said, if all I have to register is a half sack, I'm going to take that bet. Give me the over on .25. You know what? I'm going to go against you this time because – 
the numbers show right now that every other game he's getting a sack and every other game he is not getting a sack. And so with this offensive line, third best in the league, tied for third best as far as sacks allowed, you talked about the speed in which they get rid of the football. So I am going to say, and they're not tied for third, excuse me, third in the NFL in sacks allowed, the speed in which they get the ball out, I'm going to go under. All right, so we have an uh, agreement with Adam Thielen, a disagreement with Brian Burns. What's the next one, Shabby? Our next one is Bryce Young, 216 and a half passing yards. What was it last week? Last week it was like 213. Okay, so right around the same one. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll roll again here over. I went over last week with Detroit. I'm going to go over again against Miami because it is a very similar feel. We all knew this going into the Detroit game last week. 0-4 means 0-6. A loss against a powerful offense like Detroit. Probably better stats. I mean, you even had two turnovers back-to-back on the first or second play of those drives, and we still hit some of the overs because of game script and because of just how powerful the offense was on the other side. Give me the over for Bryce Young total yardage. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to take it, too, because last week, as you said, he had 247 on a pretty good Detroit defense. And granted, the second half, it could have been some empty calories. But this game also has the potential for some empty calories. The Panthers could be in a space where they're down a lot early, and they're going to have to throw to keep themselves in it. And so I'm going to say, yeah, he goes over. All righty. Moving on to our fourth, Johnny Hecker. Oh, wow. Five. Putter prop? Yeah. That's five. some real degenerate, st- yeah. degenerate stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> five punts. <laughs> do we have any I I did not prep for Johnny Hecker stats I'm not going to lie to you okay like I did for some of the other targets the receiving totals you got me on the Johnny Hecker stats do we know what he's been averaging five he's been averaging five all right over five you're asking I'm going under I, I think they're aggressive I'll go ahead and start it so yes the, the five is the mark is it over or under five punts from Johnny Hecker I'm going I'm going under here. I think Frank Reich has to be aggressive. It goes into the theme of going with the over on Bryce Young, going the over on Adam Thielen. Give me the under on punts. The special teams prop that you had last week was the only one I missed. Hopefully I can make amends with that this week. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go under as well. I'm Johnny gonna side Hecker. with Walker. I mean he averages five because I'm just trying to break it down into quarters, possessions, how many I think they'll get, how many I think they'll punt. So I'll go under. Well, and Fancho's defense has not been phenomenal. Right. So 23rd all right. total defense. Under right. for Johnny Hecker. All you right. degenerate. You <laughs> sicko. You. Trappy, it's all right, man. One day, you know, hopefully you, you know, don't get too out of control. Stuff, okay? <laughs> well, well, you'd be happy to know we're actually still sticking with special teams here. Oh, wow. What you got? Eddie Pinheiro, four and a half kicking points. Mm. He got me last week, so I'm going to go over. I really don't know, man. This one's tough. Three touchdowns and a field goal, or three uh, extra points right after the or touchdown. Or two field goals. Yeah, that's true. There's so well, What other combinations Lots are there? Of combos, yep. baby. Give me the over. All Give right. me the over. All MVP. right. Under, over. Under. All right. Do we have another one, or is that it? This, this next one's our last one. Okay. Jonathan Mingo, 26 and a half receiving yards. You know what? I love this one. I'm glad you included it. I talked about it a little bit earlier on. Mm -hmm. Who is the receiver that is going to step up outside of Adam Thielen? Mingo with the second most amount of targets on this team. 
I'm going over here. I I hope Mingo can perform well in this game because the the volume is there. The chemistry's not. He's had some rookie mistakes, no doubt about it. I am going to take the over because Bryce Young, when Mingo is in the game, he is throwing him the football. Has not had a game with less than five targets in Ingle sing, even. Excuse me. <laughs> in either of these outings that he's had this year. Yeah, I'll go the same. I'll go over. Okay. That'll that means it. the make-or-break decision for this is going to be the Brian Burns sack prop. Oh, that's the only one that we disagreed on, huh? Yeah. All right. Overs on a lot. Under on Johnny Hecker. I went over on Burns. You went under on Brian Burns. And so I'm going to be pulling for a sack for there Brian Burns, even just a half one. You can share it with Derek Brown. You can share it with whoever you want to. Just make sure you record something there. Last segment of the day. It's coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Friday to you from Wesson Walker. One more segment to go before we hand it off to Kyle Bailey. He'll bring you into the weekend the right way. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Thanks to everybody for listening to us today. This week we'll be back with you on Monday, of course, to talk about the Panthers-Dolphins matchup from 12 to 3 p.m. Salesman wrote in here, Wes. He said, this is not a sarcastic question. How are we going to hold Miami to under 75 points? <laughs> On oh, man. I mean, they're <laughs> going to have to do that by trying to have a mixture of being aggressive, but yet controlling the clock as well. And I think this is a game they're going to have to, you know, drive it like a car. Sometimes you got to go fast. Sometimes you got to dial it back. It's going to be hard. I don't see the Dolphins scoring 75 points, perhaps. But, <laughs> I mean, the perhaps. Panthers have to get off to a fast start on both sides of the ball. There's no question about that. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the secondary we got the injury report earlier today. No Von Bell in the secondary. You do get Dante Jackson back, but no Von Bell. They're calling up local kid, Matthias Farley, to start at safety alongside Sam Franklin. So Dante Jackson coming back, Von Bell gone. Practice squad player, local kid coming up, starting alongside Sam Franklin. Still don't have Xavier Woods. And the other thing that we should remind the people, Miles Sanders out for this game as well with a shoulder injury. People excited about it. Don't feel like people should be excited about the injury, but it does go to show just how disappointed people are in that signing of Miles Sanders. And Chuba Hubbard is going to get the bulk of the carries against the Dolphins. Do you think the running game is going to look better with Chuba at running back and no Miles Sanders in the game? Um, Yeah, I think, I think it will. I think from everything we've seen from Chuba so far, he's been the most steady ball carrier. He's been the more... Uh, the harder runner, to be frank. This is a guy that's breaking tackles. He's getting a tough yardage, and I think if the offensive line brings their A game, this is the 23rd-ranked total defense in all of the NFL. So, uh, yeah, they should be able to get in there and get some yards and run the ball effectively. Yeah, and uh, Shroppy brought this up, too. Big Cat Dan writing in on the text line. What about LaVisca Chenault? What kind of role do you expect him to have in this game? Same as always. I think they may be able to break him free, though, like I said, just because of the defense they're going against. I know teams will kind of automatically have their uh, alarms going off when they see LaVisca in the game because they know that he has the uh, potential to get the football. But I think he'll have the same role as he always does, get a couple of – 
uh, jet sweeps where they'll hand him the football and he can get up in there and get some yardage. Yeah, they were real creative with him in the red zone uh, last time out. That was nice to see that LaVisca was being used in a different way. They did run him between the tackles. He's picking up hard yards, but also creative yards. So really cool to see him use in the red zone. We'll see if we get more of that. From Frank Reich, still calling the plays, and this time it'll be against the Miami Dolphins. I want to ask about a couple trending topics. It's your specialty, Wes Bryant, sure. and a couple videos out there on Twitter about dating. Okay. All right. So there's this one video where a girl films herself not getting out of the car, refusing to get out of the car. It's a TikTok, it's a video, whatever it is. And then she doesn't get out of the car despite her date taking her to Cheesecake Factory. Mm hmm. Because she's too good for Cheesecake Factory. That's at least the premise. It was a first date, by the way. First date for this woman. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're at Cheesecake Factory. Now I'm not getting out of the car. Take me somewhere else. Defiant about it. What do you feel? How do you feel about this woman deciding, nope, I'm too good for Cheesecake Factory. You take me somewhere else on this first date. Well, I feel like it's going to end two ways for her. Either she's going to end up being by herself uh, uh, in the long run because her standards are just way too unrealistic or she's going to end up with a man who does have the money to be able to uh, flourish the type of lifestyle or be able to provide the type of lifestyle that she wants and it's not, she's not going to get the love and attention she wants and she's going to regret that uh, at some point but either way she's being utterly ridiculous and she's a woman that deserves to be by herself at this point she'd Yeah, be, she'd, be, she'd be walking back <laughs> Oh, As she should be. Get that Uber app out. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Cheesecake Factory right now. I haven't been in a long time. I have not. They just opened up a new one in Huntersville, I believe, not too long ago. Is that right? I know that you can celebrate 45 years with a 450 sliced piece of cheesecake. So mm -hmm. maybe we need to go check it out. Did he take her somewhere else after she did it? I don't know. I didn't see the follow-up to this. Okay. Yeah, I have no clue. When's the last time you went to Cheesecake Factory? Man, it's been decades. I went to the one in <laughs> South Park because it's just, you know, right. I wasn't That's overly I impressed to. when I had it. And it's just not a place when I think about restaurants I want to go that I'm just dying to go. Yeah, so let's go to some of the text here. Heat fan said, I would have dropped her right there and left. Very much same wavelength as you, Shroppy. Uh, oh, yeah, James from Concord. He's not having it. She ain't bleep is what James from Concord right, said. Right, right, right. Uh, OG1, useless. She is, uh, okay, never mind, not reading that one. And we're scrolling and we're scrolling and we're scrolling. People saying to take her home. And uh, some of the other texts might get me in trouble, so let's move on. The other video that's going viral, too, just real quickly. This one's a little bit more of a debate, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't know the premise of this video. Don't know if everybody's seen it. But there's one video of a woman going out to an oyster bar showing how good of a time she was having. And she ate 48 oysters. Okay? I've heard about it. 48. Uh -huh. Now, some people were saying, whew, that is way too much. You're crazy for eating that, that many oysters. And then there's where I lean. Where I actually think, if you're hungry enough, the oysters don't really fill me up like that. Right. I feel like I could put down 48 oysters. I think you could, based off some of our conversations. I certainly think so. And the thing about shellfish, oysters, right, it, you don't have 48 in front of you at that time, right? So it's not like you're eating them all at once, mm -hmm. which means you buy some time as you start to order more of these things, and I just never fill up. And so I feel like 48 is not, it's a lot. Like, I'm not, yeah, the, the bill is the problem here. I, I'm not paying for 48 oysters, but the actual amount, and if you have that ability to eat them, I feel like I could do it, and I fall on the side of the people that say it's actually not that many if you're just talking about how many you can eat. Yeah, um, 
I'm not an oyster guy at all, but I would just imagine from seeing people eat them that if you are really hungry, that that is something that you can eat in large quantities because it's just not a lot there once you crack them open and start to eat them. I'm more concerned with people having like the 20 count of chicken nuggets from McDonald's than I am with the 48 oysters. And I used to smash 20 pieces. Well, this was like, you got a problem with me then. Yeah, I used to <laughs> smash 20 pieces back in the day. Yeah, I mean, 10, 10 chicken nuggets isn't yeah, enough. 20? Come on. 20 man. ain't nothing, Trop, really? 20. Like, Look at me, dude. I mean, come yeah. on. I'm smashing 20 pieces in like a half an hour. <laughs> it takes you a half hour? Less. It's light work. Uh, 20, yeah, that's light work. 20 chicken nuggets. Now, if you're talking 20 chicken fingers, that's different. Because <laughs> now you're talking about the equivalent of, like, what is 40 chicken nuggets. Yeah. But 20 chicken nuggets, yeah, that's that's right. not too hard. All right, so that'll do it. We'll talk a little bit more, maybe about some food on the other side of the weekend. Once we get here, back on a Monday, hopefully talking about a Panthers win. <laughs> just be competitive, or like salesman put it. Oh, just picks real quick? Keep them under 70. Did you want to go? I forgot about it. Did you want to burn through them? Yeah, let's burn through them real quickly. All, All right, right, let's wake. go. Rapid oh, fire. Got it? Okay. Uh, I'll take Wake, Carolina, Duke, Navy, mm. South Carolina, and the Dolphins. Okay. I am going to go with, I'm going to go Virginia Tech to win. Shout out to Bailey's Hokies. <laughs> I just, we, we talked about the, the upset earlier. Give me the Hokies. Give me the Tar Heels to beat Miami. I'm going to take Duke to beat NC State at home. Give me Charlotte. I can't pick against them. I'm not going to start now. I am going to take South Carolina as well against Florida. Don't love it. That one's tough. And then I'm going to take Miami. You know what? I'm a, back, I'm a backtrack. Give me the cane. All right. Give him the Miami Hurricane. Oh, it was so close. Yeah, I'm a backtrack. Give me the cane. I'm going to go with Vegas Insider. That I love the okie doke that you just pulled on the heel stands. <laughs> I love that you did that. That'll do it for Wesson Walker. It's Kyle Bailey and Smoke Ludwig coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.